Welcome to Learned Lag, a podcast about yesterday's Learned League questions and answers. I'm Amanda. And I'm George. Amanda and I are both in Zephyr A. This is season 26 for me and season 22 for Amanda. And this is day 12 of season 94. Our first question asks us to name an American evangelist who has inspired a couple of novel characters and a character on an HBO show as well. Uh, so early 20th century evangelist, female type. Mm-hmm. Um, my first thought was Carrie Nation. I immediately rejected that because I don't think of her as an evangelist, mm. um, even though she you know, evangelized her particular point of view and I believe had a religious motive yes. for doing so. But Definitely that. I, I feel like activist more than evangelist on mm. her part. So I had to I had to think of the other one, and I was like, okay, it's three words. It's uh, Amy Semple McPherson. There we ah, go. Yep, yeah. we'll go with McPherson. Okay. Yeah, I um, had Carrie Nation as a first thought as well, and rejected that for similar reasons that it didn't quite fit with that description so much as um, you know she she was an anti alcohol campaigner specifically and uh, was known to take a hatchet to a bar room or two. Uh, but, you know, but, so I had to, to go back to the drawing board a little bit. The next name to float to mind for me was Mary Baker Eddy, mm. who, you know, is, and, you know, I've read some of these bits of history, but clearly not enough to have all the names totally sorted out because that's what I put down. Um, but that was not the case. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know that, uh, Mary Baker Eddy had that kind of personality cult. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. The, of, she was Christian science was yeah. her. Of your Amy Semple McPherson types. Like she was very, as I recall, uh, I don't want to say publicity shy, but like very kind of subsumed into the Christian science church as such. Like, like everybody, like everything she did was intended to, uh, popularize the church mm-hmm. you know and you know rather than her own self okay as separate from that so yeah yeah and yeah, i mean she, she really just doesn't loom as large a figure in the public consciousness well certainly not in my public consciousness <laughs> um I, I think essentially my brain kind of knew that it was like one of these three named kind of mm-hmm. people who you know was in a religious role yeah. and that's oh, yeah. about all i Reasonable. all i was gonna um uh, all the links i was going to go to even if i knew that mary baker eddie was the wrong answer i was probably um like i don't think i would have come up with amy semple mcpherson because mm. i just just not at the tip of my tongue Reasonable. um to to and just again in kind of that undifferentiated woman religious you know uh fanatic bucket i guess Mm -hmm. um and so yeah reasonable wasn't gonna get there it was amy simple mcpherson right question two asks us for a word that is common in both the study of clouds and in religious artwork yeah so um another word for the halo that you might see in religious works is a nimbus I don't know how I know this other than like Nimbus and Halo are just kind of synonymous terms that I read, I guess. Mm. I don't, I didn't have to think about this very much. I was like, oh yeah, Nimbuses are also clouds. So yeah, I think that would be 
uh, what fits the description for both of these, so I put down Nimbus. Yep. Um, yeah, same. I just tried, you know, pictured a halo and thought that's sort of the glow produced in a cloud. Is that a Nimbus, maybe? Yeah, okay, we'll go with that. Mm -hmm. It's not, actually. Nimbus is just a, a cloud that produces rain. Okay. So, yeah. But, yeah, I, I, I also just kind of immediately floated to that synonym. So to speak. And, and, <laughs> and it fit. So, mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, we'll go with Nimbus. And that was the correct answer. Question three asks us for a literary term that origin originally was applied to uh, tales of chivalry and adventure before it took on its modern connotation. And it is derived from the vernacular languages that these tales were written in. And that's uh, where, uh, that's what gave it to me, thankfully. <laughs> so, you know, at first I thought saga. I thought, no, mm -hmm. that's that's not really uh, derived from a vernacular. That's a very Scandinavian sort of thing. And it's not from the Middle Ages. It predates that. Mm -hmm. um, so I had to think of a kind of story of chivalry. And I bounced it around for a little while and nothing really came to me. And I thought, these were all in Romance languages. Were they known as romances back then? Okay, yeah, that could that could make sense. Because I know that, you know, in French, the term for a novel is a roman. Mm, um, mm -hmm. And it's the same in German. Oh, that's right. Um, which is, you know, fairly rare. Words that are the same in Roman, in Fran French and German. Right. Um, because they are very different languages. Um but yeah, that would make sense to me. That, okay, maybe maybe they were originally known as romances. I don't know whether that predates the sort of love version of the word, but mm. uh, but it makes sense to me. So yeah, we'll go with romance. Yeah, I had much the th same uh, thought process um, that it, you know, nothing came to mind with this sort of collection of loosely associated clues that are kind of agglomerated in this question yeah um you know so I, I thought about you know what's another word for tales of chivalry and adventure is that something about swashbuckling and like that doesn't fit in with this vernacular languages like it it took me a while to establish that um the word is something not that was said in those languages but that refers to the languages themselves. Okay. And and yeah. so once yeah. I kind of had that a little more sorted out, that I think that helped shake it loose for me a little bit. Um, and so, you know, just like, as with anything, um, both to avoid sort of obvious mistakes, but also to, you know, sort of burrow your way into the clues of the question, giving it a close reading, um, I think is really one of the most important things you know more than just read the entire actual question but examine it um in, in that sense and so um so yeah it finally kind of popped in there that like yeah they used to call those kind of tales romances um and i i never had realized why i think i had assumed that it was um just because they were fanciful um that they were romantic in that pre, you know, mm. not that love romantic sense, True. but in that um, kind of just like whimsical or um, um, 
enjoyable kind of way, I guess. Okay. Um, and so I thought, well, certainly that's, you know, it, it also corresponds to a very modern literary term with a very different connotation. Um, and so that kind of fits into the, 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 the arc of the question as well. Um, and so, yeah, I hadn't realized that that's where this term originated. Um, it, I think probably it kind of transitioned from, um, you know, these chivalric kind of tales, um, I think after a while became associated with, you know, knights going on quests sort of because of their, you know, their love for, um, you know, highborn women or whatever that were kind of, they're, they're doing this on their behalf or in their honor or whatever. And I think maybe that's kind of where it's shifted into what we think of as romance tales today are about love and, um, you know, people pairing off kind of thing. So anyway, um, once that all kind of clicked into place, I, I it was not difficult to put down romance. And that was correct. Mm -hmm. well Thank you. Question four uh, tells us that the Castilian ballads, Andalusian fandangos, and Galician panpipes inspired a jazz masterpiece by Miles Davis and asks us what that album was named. Yeah, I, I wish I knew that, it, you know, clearly it has something to do with Spain uh, or something Spanish. Uh, I put down Spanish steps, which I know mm. is not, you know, I, that was the closest I could guess to something that might be something I had heard before, like just as a term out there somewhere that conceivably someone could name an album after. Um, TLDR is a guess. So I put down <laughs> Spanish steps. Uh, yeah, I didn't know any of miles davis's albums that had anything to do with spain mm. um have I, have I mentioned before on the podcast that i just don't like jazz a lot okay i just don't like jazz in i never got into it borderline problematic way um but i <laughs> i am aware of uh some of the major things of jazz mm -hmm. things mm -hmm. that, and i know that miles davis did bitches brew sure and I also knew that he had one that I thought was called Touch of Blue. It's actually Kind of kind Blue. Kind of Blue, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I kind of bounced back and forth between those two for a while and couldn't come up with a, a reason that either one of them connected to all this Spanish stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but finally went with Bitches Brew just because that might have been yeah. I something mean... that you would title something that had a bunch of different uh, you know, other influences. Yeah, I I should say that I considered answering kind of blue, but it just didn't fit with all these, mm -hmm. you know, uh, elaborated clues. Yep. Um, the correct answer was Sketches of Spain, sure. which I probably heard of, but not enough to mm -hmm. to know it as a, a title. Yep. I feel like calling it a jazz masterpiece is uh, kind of kind of judgmental. Not, not in a negative way, but, like, opinionated, mm -hmm. given that it was his third biggest album. Okay. Um, by almost any regard behind Bitches Brew, uh, which is generally considered to be his uh, his actual masterpiece. And Kind of Blue, which was probably the biggest selling jazz album of the 20th century. Oh, okay. Which I did not know either. I, I would mm. have said that uh, that it was either something else or... Uh, that Bitches Brew was bigger than that. 
but uh, yeah, each of those went platinum. Sketches of Spain, I think, kind of limped into platinum status much later than that. Okay. Um, so yeah, I I just I, I kind of feel like uh, you know the a question that leads to like you know the the ma- a masterpiece album of Bruce Springsteen's that ends up being like Nebraska. Like no, you're you're missing out on <laughs> like there's there are bigger albums and there are better regarded albums and it's just kind of if if we're just assigning masterpiece to the top three albums made by an artist, I feel like we're devaluing the word. You know, it's amazing for someone who hates jazz. What an opinion you have. <laughs> I don't like jazz. There's a difference. I well, that, okay. I see what you're saying. I will not walk out of a room if jazz is playing. No, I get you. Uh, I simply don't enjoy it. But still, you have such an mm-hmm. opinion about its masterpiece status of well, just, you know what makes a jazz know, I, masterpiece. I, I read up on it because I was like, I've never heard of this. You know, how, right. how have I, how have I not heard of it? Because you know, there was a time in my life that I devoted some effort to trying to enjoy jazz Mm. and in that time i did a faint amount of research on you know what are the standards what are the things that i should know Mm -hmm. what if what are the things that if i cannot get into that means i simply cannot get into jazz Mm -hmm. and i tried them and sketches of spain was not one of them oh well question five asks us about um uh well, essentially, what company um, did the Willis Group or Willis Towers Watson, what building of theirs did it take over? Specifically asking in an edificial sense hmm. uh, it, what corporation it supplanted without ever actually saying building. I guess. Which is another one of those, you know, look at what Thorsten isn't saying. Hmm. Um, in particular, this word "edificial," which I don't believe I've ever seen before, you know, obviously was able to puzzle out what it meant. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay, he's clearly trying not to give us too many clues on this. However, I am very familiar with the Sears Tower uh, and its completely unwarranted name change, which I will not even say out loud. <laughs> uh, and I will simply say yes, the corporation was Sears. Sure. Um, yeah, I just, you know, this didn't click for me, I guess. Um, I try to think like what it it sent me down sort of like what company in 2009 would be divesting itself of, um, its offices, let's say, Mm -hmm. um, which I, I suppose works for the actual answer too. But it somehow made me think of Enron, mm. which I think maybe a year or two too late for that, um, you know, for for them going bankrupt or whatever and getting well, shut down. Might have taken them a while um, to sell it off to somebody. Sure. Um, so that just kind of stuck in my head as, mm. you know, I thought, okay, this is um, a multinational insurance company. That sounds like the kinds of offices that Enron would have and that someone would take over. And that it would kind of famously be the case, like, because Enron had a very mm-hmm. um, distinctive logo, and mm-hmm. I think it was probably on, you know, big signs outside their buildings and stuff sure. like that. Like, I I can kind of picture it in my head. There is, you know, some B-roll on, uh, you know, news pieces about them that showed their, you know, big sign or something outside their buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just put down Enron because I thought that sounds like the right timing. 
Um, and I didn't even think of what's a great big famous building that people would care about the name changing of. Mm -hmm. That just didn't, that didn't gel together for me as, as what the question was Reasonable. Uh, leading towards. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, but it was Sears. Sure. It was the that big building in Chicago. That yep. I, uh, I, have, I have opinions on building names. <laughs> you, are there things you don't have opinions on? Because I don't have an opinion on the port and military station Suta. Oh, okay. Which is the subject of question six. Mm -hmm. It is a territorial exclave at the eastern end of what strait? Yeah, this is basically just like, think of the straits that you can think of and pick from one of those. Um, but, you know, be that as it may, the thing I thought of initially was the Strait of Hormuz, just because I don't know why Strait of Blank leads me directly there. Um, mm -hmm. But then I re-looked at the name and I thought, okay, Ceuta sounds like it could be potentially Spanish and um, it, famous as a territorial exclave. So it's like a territory that's sort of apart from the mainland of a country. Um, and it's a famous one. And I'm thinking, you know, how many of those are there that are right by a strait that we all would probably know about? And so then I was like, oh, that is the, the fort or whatever um, that is near the Strait of Gibraltar that Spain maintains, you know, kind of the gateway to the Mediterranean Sea. Um, and I think I read about that in some level, you know, over the past year-ish. Like, it, it, it's, it, you know, it kind of uh, rang a bell for me after I kind of started thinking along those lines. Um, and so, you know, I just... While I still also just don't know that many straits, like Bering Strait is in there too, but I was mm -hmm. like, I'm pretty sure it's not that. Sure. Um, you know, kind of just the the sense that I had read about this particular place and kind of the process of elimination of the other ones, like they didn't match up with the question. Um, I ended up putting down Gibraltar because I thought that was probably the one that fit. Uh, yeah, I I just first thought of the Strait of Gibraltar and thought, well, that's a territorial exclave of Britain, right? So is that is that just like a city within Gibraltar? Huh. And I couldn't kind of couldn't talk myself out of it. I tried to think of other straits, mm. straits of Malacca, and like the uh, whatever the straits are at the bottom of South America, Straits of Magellan, I guess. Um, and yeah, I just couldn't couldn't convince myself that it was anything but Gibraltar. Mm -hmm. So I went with that. And that was the correct answer. So is this place Spanish or British? It is I... Spanish, in fact. Okay. It is an exclave uh, because it is it borders Morocco. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's actually on the African. Uh, oh continent. right. Okay. Yes. Now, yeah. thank you. I can picture that mm -hmm. now. Um. Because that, you know, of course, the thing that I read about it showed a map and that, mm -hmm. that kind of, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so that left me with, though, three on the day, which I'm really tired of subpar performance uh, with this particular season. So mm -hmm. blah to that. But you got five. I got so five, good for you. Yeah. Um, I'm, my, my music score is low enough and my, uh, my 
dislike of jazz is well known enough that <laughs> I have a feeling I'm going to get six points. Mm. I'm just hoping that my opponent manages to miss more than that. Yeah, I'm trying to think what I what I wouldn't expect you to get out of the other questions. Although, and know. I think I would expect you to get all the other questions. So I, yeah. I, I can't really disagree yeah, with that all assessment. I can, all I can hope is that they didn't get one of the other ones and didn't think it was easy enough that mm. um so yeah i don't know but my i, I have a deceptively good pop music score mm-hmm. um uh, i say deceptively because it's let's see uh yeah it's my sixth best uh category mm-hmm. and it's rather better than my geography category uh-huh uh, which is my third worst. So <laughs> you could you could easily make a case that I would not know Gibraltar, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you uh, didn't uh, didn't realize it yourself and thought it was more obscure. So yeah, but my, my pop music is a fairly I don't want to say narrow, but it's a it's it, it seems to be a slice that matches up much better with Thorsten's knowledge of pop music than you know any other kind of representative sample of pop music mm. so. well yeah it's that kind of gen x thing that i yeah. think you know you yeah, gen x white guys a bit overrepresented mm-hmm. probably because of that but yeah. uh i'll take whatever i can get <laughs> of knowledge that i also have being yeah. overrepresented uh in learned league because it has not been happening for me lately <laughs> so i guess that's it for today uh, tune in tomorrow for more post-game analysis. And, to, and remember, don't forfeit. Don't cheat.